Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Hey guys, welcome back to Mom Brain. I'm Ilaria. And I'm Daphne. And today our guest is Christy Carlson Romano. She, um, you probably know her from Even Stevens. She's the voice of Kim Possible. Um, and she is here today talking about becoming a new mother of two, actually. She has a, one, a two and a half year old and now a newborn. Um, but also about her new project, bringing nostalgia back to the kitchen, which I'm super pumped about, um, being married to a Marine, and just generally finding um, her happy place out in Orange County. We are recording Mom Brain from LA today. So we're going to get to talk to some West Coast mamas. And Christy is our first. So we can't wait for you to hear from her. Enjoy. Mom Brain. Yay! Introduce yourself. Hey guys, this is Christy Carlson Romano. I am the mother of two beautiful daughters, Sophia and, um, oh my gosh, I forgot the name. What's her it's name? Mom brain. <laughs> She's only three That's months. Awesome. That's a mom brain first. That's <laughs> amazing. It's a two and a half year old. Um, <laughs> let's try that again. I am the mother of two beautiful girls, Isabella and Sophia. And uh, you may know me as the voice of Kim Possible, um, Ren from Even Stevens. Um, I have lots of other AKAs, been on Broadway as Belle um, and Beauty and the Beast. And uh, yeah, so I'm uh, really excited to be here. Where, Where can, can we, we follow you? Oh, yes. You can follow me on Instagram at the Christy Carlson Romano. So what's been different the second time around? Now that she's three months old, but <sighs> your oldest is what, two? Yes. So what's been different the second baby? So first one is two and a half, um, which is an interesting, unique. It's you a know, hard age difference to it's, have. It is. Yeah. So they're, I think they're 26, I think, right? Because I can't even, yeah, no, I can't no. even do math <laughs> more anymore. More or less. <laughs> I can't do math at all. They're 26 months apart, I'm pretty sure. And um, I, that's pretty much two under two give or take a couple yeah, months, yeah. right? And I was like, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but, you know, we did it. And it's it's fantastic. And um, But, oh, my goodness. Yes, the second one, obviously, we benefit from knowing what, you know, so much. We already have the gear. We already have. And luckily, it's another girl. So mm-hmm. it's like kind of all everything becomes a twofer yes. at a certain point. So that's how I justify all my Amazon Prime purchases. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, she's going to use that. Don't worry. Eventually, this podcast should be sponsored by Amazon because I, I swear Larry and I are their best customers. <laughs> like, we're buying four of everything. Just like, it's ridiculous. That's yes. hilarious. I saw some meme online and it was like, if my wife was a transformer, she would be Amazon Prime. Oh, that's hilarious. That's that's us. Yep. I mean, even for coming out here, I always like, I I just like order stuff to be at the hotel and and it's just, oh, you're not playing around when, when you, do you have your kids with you? Right yeah, now? I always travel with them. Oh my god. That's why I you. don't travel that much. It's because yeah. I don't know how to be away from them. Yeah. And it's not that I do, like, don't want to have that like me alone time. It's just that I then I have like anxiety about it. I've been away from them with none of them with me one night since they've been born. That's amazing. It touches my heart. I don't. I don't it know. I think it's a little. Cra- <laughs> I think it's a little crazy. It's not something I'm necessarily. I'm so conflicted about it because I, get, like, I do. Nervous. I agree. I feel the same. And then I want to get back to your no, experience with the second. I just love hearing you guys but, talk. <laughs> I'm just here to so watch. So do we. Apparently, <laughs> I, it's funny because on the one hand, I of course have the same. You, you always worry that like people won't deal with situations the way you want them dealt with. And that and, will like scar, indelibly scar yes, your child for life. Yeah. And that your kids will miss you, which they do. And you miss your kids, which you do. And the, and the whole thing is very emotionally traumatic. And I will say that the time I've gotten away with my husband has been the most restorative, most important, <laughs> most fun, most wonderful. Like you value it so much more because you know how different it is than the than the everyday. Yes. Um, and so I don't know. I feel so conflicted <laughs> for know, you because I'm, I'm like, I love that you've never been away from them. But I also for you, I want you to have like a couple of nights to I yourself. Think, but without. to be honest, I think the reason that I do that I don't do it is I think it's out of fear. And it's like this mm-hmm. like like crazy fear of like, 
what if I die? What if something happens to them and then they have no children? I literally think if I knew that I could have like this little trip and everything would be fine in the end, I would go and I'd enjoy it. That's but I so think I, I, if I'm really, really honest, which is like totally me like opening up and I'm like kind of shocked. Look, LA brings like, that. LA opens I know, you up. I really chakras. think it's the thing. It's like I would be like, you know, a nervous wreck. But like in ways I'm not. I'm not typically that. But, but like when I, I feel mean, like when we're all so... together and then people can always say, well, when you go off to work and you get an Uber, like God forbid something happens. And I'm like, I know, but it just feels it's it's a. You can roll out onto like Times Square though. You know, you can like bust out of that roll. Uber and take a subway to where you got to <laughs> Exactly. She's very limber. She's just going to roll right up. But I mean, I, th- I literally think that that is the reason. And, you know, people will look at me they're like, oh, you're such like a, like a good hands-on mom. And I'm like, I am a good hands-on mom. You're like, it's mom. a fear-based that, decision. Right, but I, I am exactly, exactly, 100%. I feel, I, think I feel you. I think I'm just afraid that like my kids would like, grow up without no parents. No, I get that. I mean, I know people who will never travel on the same airplane as their husbands or their, or their partners because they're so nervous about like they don't let the whole family travel together. This whole thing. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know what to say to that because on the one hand, I feel like you're such a namaste person in so know, many I other am. ways and you bless and release a lot of things and you just sort of are, you know, you take what comes and you deal with it in the moment. Um, but the bottom line is, Daphne, we all have to be alive at the end we, of the we day. We do. We do have to be alive <laughs> at the end of the day. Because I, I was going to say at the end of the day, you are getting it done though. And there's so much... There's so much patting on the back that needs to happen for that. <laughs> so whether it's a fear-based decision or not, mama's getting it done. I think I think I'm trying to like I'm honest with it with myself and so that allows me to figure that I'm like probably working on it. Like I feel like since I've weaned Romeo the past week, I'm getting more sleep than I have in a really long time. And I don't know, do I sleep through the entire night? No. But like, I'm getting more sleep because he was sleeping with me and he started like, not like He's my other children. He's a flailer. He flails all around. <laughs> yeah. And so I literally would not sleep because I was terrified that he would throw himself off the bed. And again, my three kids before never did that. So that was also another thing where I'm like, we really, like for his safety, for my sanity. And so now I'm like starting to be able to think more clearly. And I've realized right, because you're not like a sleep deprived, tortured human. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Torture is actually coming a back. very accurate word for it. Torture. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's a very unique. I, I'm always intrigued by the way evolution decided that like women should be in this um, state of mind to, to raise our future generations. <laughs> like, why do we need to have, you know, organs displaced and, you know, recovery in places you should never have to recover and, and no sleep for years and you know all of, yeah and maybe maybe actually now that we're talking about this maybe it is to break down all of the barriers of self-control and like overthink that we do to ourselves in so many ways because when you're that tired and you're emotional and you're raw which motherhood does make you you kind of just have to you have to trust yourself a little bit you have to take what comes and not try to control every instant of it and um but now that you've weaned and now that he's in his own crib yeah, no, and now that you're it. <laughs> you need to plan a trip. You but deserve it's also it. A bit You've isolating, it. right? So it's that's the other thing. It's like why why is it that that's probably just a new age thing that we've been isolated for so long, obviously. Mm-hmm. There used to be the whole concept of being taking a village to raise, you know, your baby. And now it's like we're coming back around by having podcasts like this and having, you know, Instagram, you know, connections like I've met a lot of Instagram influencer moms and stuff and we've connected and it's been great and I follow you guys and like it's it's just wonderful to be able to I've learned a lot about a lot of products I've learned a lot about just how to be a better parent better Mm -hmm. mother by Mm -hmm. and having a voice um, about being a mother by being able to connect no I agree I think that and I think we're craving that I think we want that um we uh, sometimes you just need to hear that everyone around us is going through the same thing or that at least that we're not the that we're not the outlier that this is a very common experience and you do you learn so much i mean products and recommendations mm-hmm. and strategies and techniques and tips and mm-hmm. and commiseration and funny things and all of that <laughs> um but i i i'm curious like who is your village like is your do you have um, you know, parents or siblings or friends, like who, who who have you sort of connected with that's made your motherhood experience really fun and enriching? That's an awesome question. So I moved to Orange County, um, which is uh, crazy in some regards, but it's kind of like living like if, you know, 
for us New Englandy East Coast people, yes. it's like living in Westchester. Okay. And so there is a commute. And actually, it's more like living towards Fairfield because it's an hour. I'm from Milford, Connecticut originally. So I kind of know the Metro North line yes, really you do. well. <laughs> You're like every stop on the Metro North. Oh, yeah. You've got it I went to performing arts high school and I would commute back and forth until I ended up doing my Disney stuff and at like uh, 14, 15. So from six to 14, I was on that Metro North line pretty much like living back and forth on it. So I was kind of a theater kid you know, early age. Um, so I love the train. We don't have anything like that here, which makes it very interesting. So like today I had, um, something in, um, where was that studio city? And um, then I've come here to Culver, which is a good, you know, half hour, which is totally fine. Um, but I've had to bring a nurse with me like a doula so that, you know, right now she's outside and she's probably going to come in here wailing at some point. Just fair warning. <laughs> not the doula. The boobs coming out, guys. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah, she's fantastic. But there's only so much magic a doula can do. Yeah. Um, but so I cluster my meetings now. Yeah. Um, and I remember doing that back in the day as, you know, a young actor commuting, having these dreams of going into the city and and sort of clustering as much as I could, which is inevitably why I ended up, you know, going to college there. And um, in a way, that was my artistic village when I was younger. Now my village doesn't need to be here artistically in LA. My village is so much more familial, you know, and so I moved to Orange County because my in-laws are there. And granted, they're not always taking care. We actually are blessed to have, to have care, to have, to have help. Um, but they're there for emergencies. Yeah. Um, my, my birth story with the second one is crazy. What happened? Okay. <laughs> she, she flicks her hair back. She like put, she's ready to go. Okay, go Let's go. Go ahead. So, um, I uh, loved our home in Orange County. It reminded me of someplace from New England. And I crave that green. I crave it. I miss the seasons so much. I'm really just such a, you know, preppy. Like I literally put recently, my husband was giving me such shit about this, uh, a calendar notification that Vineyard Vines was going <laughs> on sale at Target oh like God. a week ago. And he called me and he's like, are you effing kidding me? Like you're <laughs> the nerdiest, preppiest. <laughs> <laughs> so, I met, so I found a Victorian home in Old Town Orange, which is somewhat like Pasadena. If you guys have ever driven through there, or been there, it's got like a historic area. Mm-hmm. And for California, everything's so new here that the architecture is just so, so weird. And just, you know, you have all sorts of different things, smorgasbord together. It's just not aesthetically pleasing. So if you're in a little area that's kind of nice and historic, it just kind of feels like home to me. So I had this gorgeous historic home. Well, rats like old houses and rains that we had in the winter started to get them to come underneath. So there was a rat because they outlawed poison in California that was very like high and euphoric. And it came out, crawled on the nanny at the time that I had crawled around her when she was holding my two-year-old Did she quit she was an au pair we'll talk about we'll continue <laughs> talking about that um but so so you know she was holding my baby at the time and the the it was attracted to the light which is how I guess they get they get super high and then they're gonna just they go to the light so there's literally. no rat poison allowed but like rat cbd like what you want <laughs> you give this rat? I didn't do? give it anything, but we had had traps and I guess that it had this, this stuff in the trap. So oh. it crawled in there. She ran out, luckily didn't drop my baby. And the thing was there for like a day or two. And we, you know, we didn't own the home, but we had a really long lease and I was really wanting to stay there. But then when the person came, they said, look, there's something called the hantavirus that rats have. Yeah. They're really dangerous for kids, like babies, especially really dangerous. I was pregnant. I was, I was, um, I was like uh, a month away. I was eight months pregnant at this point. And uh, I was really nervous. I was like, I don't know what to do. Basically, they told us that because it's a Victorian home, there's no way to really rotoscape or something like like reinforce the, the lattice work on the bottom of the house. So I, it was my dream house. But I was like, OK, I guess, you know, we're going to have to we're going to have to move. We have to call it because there's no telling what's going to happen when this hantavirus that's in NorCal. He tells me, well, they actually have to wear like hazmat suits to pick no up the rats way. because oh it's not even that they have to die or bite you or, you know, they can just be in your vents and, and you're breathing it in. Yep. 
and you can get very, very sick. So I was like, well, a newborn's not going to be able to handle that. Even if there's a slight, I had a responsibility to, to, to flee, essentially. So we did a huge move. Um, when the I was month a, before you gave birth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and in that same time, I was promoting a Disney movie that I recently did. And I don't know if, you know, you guys have your kids watching any of that yet, but there was a, a show that I did called Kim Possible. Mm-hmm. And I was the cartoon character. I got an Emmy nomination for it. Congratulations. Thank so you. Cool. But this time they asked me to do a little cameo in the live action version. And they have that right now. It's like airing and whatnot. And it's very cute. The girl they got was, you know, actually 14. And um, I, well, no, she wasn't. She was 16. But I, I had a, a blast promoting it. But I was huge, guys. I mean, I can send you guys pictures of me on dilated on the red carpet. <laughs> I was literally two centimeters dilated oh and I God. didn't know it. But I had like, I was wearing like... Uh, Christian Cyrano. Am I saying that wrong? Cyrano. Cyrano. Yeah. Uh, And I was like decked out. I had emerald earrings. I was like, mama's here to party. Good for you. Yes, seriously. I'm not getting out anytime soon after this. I had a very, very active pregnancy, which included the move. But what it did not account for was getting sick. So we had an au pair. We went through an au pair program. We did not have much luck. The first one that we had was from Germany and she was quite cold, um, and we had to call it early. We knew that it wasn't going to work out. So within a week, we were like, look, we want to rematch with someone um, who's not crying about their boyfriend not being here and not trying to, like, you know, um, like take vacations, like, every weekend and stuff like that. Right. So we found another girl. We figured, okay, she's from Canada, and, you know, she's 18, so she's going to be a little bit more, you know, um, I don't know how to say it. Like culturally, there's not going to be like she's not going to miss her family. And we can just kind of understand where she's coming from a little bit more. Um, But we're very lax. We're like very, very chill about stuff. So we let her take a lot of trips like on the weekends. But the problem was is that she would come back a little like, you know, hungover. She's 18, you know, and wherever (laughs) she was going, she wasn't taking care of her body. So she brought back a stomach flu. No. Yeah. So I so she gave it to my daughter, my, my toddler. And now I was still dilated at this point and had really, we had handled the move and everything. Um, and, uh, the stomach flu took me, (laughs) I had to go to the emergency room, um, with my daughter because she was just violently. So I'm in a bathtub like with her pooping and throwing oh up gosh. in the bathtub with me so pregnant crazy. and I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get sick. I'm going to get sick. I didn't get sick until four days later and she was still sick, but it wasn't that. It was that I touched her and I touched my mouth or something that happened. I had I had no you know sign of it, but then it happened and I uh, had it for like 24 hours and I went into early labor. So I was really kind of bummed about how, it. How many weeks? I was 39. Oh, 39 weeks. So I was fine. Okay, yeah. But I still, like, I'm pretty type A. Like, if if, if anyone who knows wanted me. wanted to be the due date. <sighs> you know, <laughs> at the same time, like, you know, I was, I was all about being induced for my first one. Because I was like, I know when it's going to happen. And right. I know I can go in. And I know I can, you know, have everything. I overpacked so bad. I overpacked today. Like, I overpack all the time. <laughs> okay, we got prepared. Right? It's just kind for of... Anything. There's, there's, there's two kinds of people, maybe. You know, maybe there's the overpackers. And then some that just kind of go with it. But I love to overpack. So, yeah. So, it was really an interesting birthing experience. I was at a different hospital. Um, the first time I... I I birthed at Cedar sinai mm-hmm. This time was at Hogue. They didn't let you go tour because of flu season, I guess. So they, they did, I didn't get to actually oh, wow. go to it. I had just heard from everyone <laughs> in Orange County that it's nice. really gorgeous. And you could like get, if you, if you lucked out and got a really great room, you could see the ocean. You could see Newport <gasps> Beach. Nice. Because you'll have so much time to look at the ocean in Newport <laughs> Beach when you're in labor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seawater helps. Seawater does help. But yeah. I, just, I remember, I, but then there's a part of me that's like, I don't know. I, I just remember thinking we got into the room, well, the, the hospital room that I gave birth in last time, um, was very very big. I bet you we and gave birth. I in think the we were in the room. same room. <laughs> oh, <yay>. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think there was again maybe there, there's a part of me there's a there's a part of me that's very um you know wants everything more is more and like glam and yeah. you know lots of gold. Naturally. And then there's a part of me that's very very like <laughs> like I, like bohemian is the most generous way to say it like. 
there's a part of me that thinks giving birth in like a small contained private space is the like this like oh I like a crazy person before I give birth the way that I prep is not by getting the stomach flu which sounds horrific and I'm so sorry for that experience but I'll watch like tons and tons of home births just as a way to like prepare (laughs) myself mentally I don't that would freak me out well it doesn't freak me out it actually makes me feel on the one hand it makes me feel uh, very grateful to have the um, to have like the medical staff and the people who are there to take care of me. God like, forbid I'm anything so were to go wrong. I'm not doing but, that. But, but no, but <laughs> I feel so empowered by these. Really? I mean, usually the ones that they put online are successful ones. Yeah. I have not. I've yet to see one that wasn't successful. Although there are always complications. There are always unforeseen things. Yeah. Um, but it's no, it, it, it feels so empowering because I watch these women go through this experience of just like and there's not the stress like I, I think I, before I had my first I really wasn't. I consider myself pretty type A, but I really, in this instance, I don't know why I chose like childbirth to be the one time I was really lax about everything. But I didn't do like birthing <laughs> classes. I didn't, I didn't do, do any, any of that stuff. I think it's, did you do birthing all of them? Classes? You did all of it. Are you? Well, I mean, I guess you don't get to like not like unlearn it. Not this time though. The second time I didn't, but. But did you like? Because you, you like know what you're doing. I should have done CPR again. I feel so bad about it. I should have done it, but no, no, no. But the birthing, I don't know. I didn't do the birthing classes because I don't like overthinking things too much. Because then I get nervous. Right, right. And I didn't. And I felt like there was already a lot of. I was being. I the, what I was picking up even just from the ether around me was the the you know even if we watch childbirth in movies yeah. the woman's in agony and she's right. screaming and, and then she's beautiful and then she's yeah and then she gives birth and she's got this like lovely fresh dewy you know what perfect mascara and her hair is looks good um and so it it is just disorienting and I, I feel like watching these home birth videos was was very realistic and clearly unvarnished and um and it gave me a lot of confidence about what I was going into in terms of in terms of just like my body's reactiveness to the different sort of natural phases of getting ready to give birth. And um, I have no freaking idea why I was even going down this path. No, no, no. It's, I, I, I'm with you. Mom brain. Um, I totally get it. So I have a picture. I a point. <laughs> oh, okay. If I tell you one point, maybe they'll, yes, you'll okay, circle good. back Jog and remember it. <laughs> I have a picture that I still have for myself that I took of the moment I realized that a human being was going to come out of me and I was effing terrified. Like I was, I remember feeling like there was a bomb inside me mm-hmm. and that it was like ticking Interesting. and it was the first, obviously the first baby. And like, I took the picture and I just look, I could share it with you guys too. It's just, I'm, terrified you know and I didn't think to do that but it's so wonderful if people are you know listening to the podcast that maybe do that maybe look at you know the the videos of women that are giving birth and and I mean if you had some I'm sure they'd love to know the links for those. well I mean I literally I just I someone had given me a link to um and you went down the rabbit hole I just went deep down there you know yeah. YouTube's algorithm once you start watching anything it it's like oh you're interested in this well here are thousand more videos when you look at when you go to like whatever they me, they so. picked it for me. It's specially recommended <laughs> just for me. Yeah, but I do think I do think the point. The, the anyway, all of this to Did say. You birth Did you get the point back? No, back but I'm making no, a, a new one. It's fine. It's good. Birth experiences are so unique, child to child, and um, and and mother to mother. And I think in a weird way, um, I found each of my births to be so different, and I found that they are. They they prepared me for different elements of motherhood, like whether it was the first time around where I knew I had no idea what to expect. And it was um, it was more medicalized than I wanted it to be. And again, and even just that, like the idea that I had a projection of this is what I want and anticipate my birth to be versus here's the reality of what it is. And you and you live with that and you you know are grateful for the fact that you have this beautiful, healthy baby on the other side of it, even though the process to get there was not what you'd anticipated for yourself. Did you have a birth plan? Did either? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. My aunt who lives out here sent me her birth plan. And you better believe it had all the like, you know, the best, you know, whatever. I find that when you overplan, I mean, I think you want to have like a basic idea. I what I do is I put my myself in the hands of people I really trust. Sure. And my doctor, his name is Dr. Robert Sassoon. And I love him so much. And he is so different from me. I am a crazy. I remembered hippie, my point. Sorry. Wait, yes. no, go back to it. Wait, go back to it. I won't go forget back. it now. No, 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 no. Say it. Say it before you forget it. Okay, I'm going back to it. Right, go. Oh, I'm so sorry. The point. The point was just that because you were talking about the beautiful yeah. room overlooking the the ocean, and my point in coming back to my hippie self was just that part of me feels like being in like a dark hut is the way to go. Yeah, that you're, was the whole point of that thirty. Yeah, you're. <laughs> <laughs> that 30 minute talk <laughs> did they try to push 
a C-section on any of you guys? No. Because no. I was at 14 and a half hours um, here at Cedars and they were like, mm, you know, we have to start thinking about that. Well, they get and I was nervous. like, really? They get nervous because I did have, I have to have, my water doesn't um, rupture either. I have to have it um, ruptured right. by the, by, uh, they get nervous after 12 hours of you being, because I, I have contractions the whole time, like really steady awful contractions but I don't dilate that quickly yeah so they get nervous after 12 hours that it, the likelihood of infection gets higher and higher and then after 24 hours they are really yeah. on your case yeah. about about c-section because they are so nervous I think about it depends on meconium I think it depends on the baby's heart, heart rate. rate I've had mm-hmm. two babies that had the cord wrapped around their neck but my again that's why I love my doctor who again because like, you trust him to make great well, judgment calls. Advocate. he he right. knows I mean this last time I had pneumo- talk about being sick I had oh. pneumonia while I was delivering him and my, oh my contractions stopped. I, my, I think tire pushing was just a few, like literally like five minutes. More fourth baby, fourth baby, five minutes. Okay. Um, but my contractions stopped while when it was time for the next push, and I saw that he like looked at me, and I I know him so well, and like the scalpel's over there, and I was like, oh no, not the fourth baby, not this yeah, one. No, so I actually pushed him without contraction for the last one. It was okay. like the very end. It was like what does that end. feel like to push without contraction? I mean, at that it feels point- like don't you dare. F-ing Chop me open. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're getting this skin like, on skin. I, I, looked at him, I was like, oh no, I'm going to just, just push him out. <laughs> I know, I know. It was like desperation. Well, oh you know, gosh. I actually, uh, to, to speak to the um, how it's different the second time around, I had a doula. So the first time around, of course, my husband was like really protective. Again, he was a Marine and he was just like wanting to be there for everything. And he, he did pull both girls out with his own hands. <gasps> That's awesome. He's like, I want to be the first man that touches I them. Love and them and so cool. husbands. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't have that with my husband. Yeah, yeah John, John doesn't need to be in, that involved in that part. It's, it's real involved. in my leg. You, you do more French than my leg too. <laughs> What's the French book, um, Bring Up Bebe, yeah. where they talk about yeah, the yeah, women yeah, and yeah. how the men don't ever see them underneath so that there's some mysteriousness. There's still like the mystery mysterious. down there. I'm like, okay, whatever. Get, just help. Just if you're going to be a help or a hindrance, it's, that's the that's the thing for me. <laughs> he was helpful. He was really helpful, and he was really supportive. Because if a marine is shouting at you to, to push out, like you're gonna, oh, there's something amazing. about. Okay, wait, wait. Let's go back oh, to let's go to this that. for a second. Let's yeah. go to marriage for a second. Marriage to a marine. <laughs> oh, please, I'm, I'm really intrigued. <laughs> let's by go this. for it. <laughs> um, successful marriage. Because there's successful. a lot of marriages that are happening to marines that are just for the benefits. But <laughs> <laughs> wait, how long have you been married? For. Oh my gosh. Well, we've been dating for like eight years. Okay. And we've been together for eight years and we've been married for five. We just celebrated our fifth. Congratulations. And we were in New York. I was doing Good Morning America in December, right around, we got married um, New Year's Eve. Uh, many moons ago it feels like now but um i had us redo our, our vows renew our vows nice. on the alma mater steps of columbia campus oh wow what's he like as a as a dad and does that sort of discipline come into yeah. the process well you know he's got two girls and that's his karma because he was a dog <laughs> see that's what happens, that's what happens. <laughs> the, the worst guys get the girls because it's their karma um but he's also a love and he, i mean they've already got him wrapped around his finger uh-huh. even at three months i mean he's just he's just the sweetest um he's a teddy bear you know i i've been with him he he got out a long time ago Mm -hmm. um but he went in for very specific reasons it was post-september 11th he knew people that you know uh died in the in the towers and everything uh and so he felt very compelled to serve and you know he he has a very specific i don't even know if he likes me talking about it but i asked him if i could talk about him today and he was like okay go for it Um, (laughs) he probably won't be i was gonna say he might not (laughs) he might not be our our audience He did pull the babies out, so maybe him and Cal Sensitive are the new two, age men. Guys. <laughs> two men that are listening to this podcast. My husband has yet to listen to it. I that's, that's that's a very male thing, and he is he's very masculine. Like his whole energy is very masculine. It's always been very very masculine, um, and I've tried to be feminine. And I think he his masculinity allows me to be and feel more feminine. Like I can be more feminine mm-hmm. and not apologize for it because I consider myself a feminist. I consider myself someone who's very, you know, but I think I've actually rubbed off on him because we'll watch Handmaid's Tale or we'll watch certain things. And he'll even say, why is the pronoun pronoun always he for things? You know, like I've gotten him to that place now and I'm like, yeah, I got you. Um, but he really is it's really uh, wonderful to have the male perspective in him in the way that he's experienced it by being a Marine. I mean, we're talking about the completely opposite spectrum mm-hmm. of, of sensitivity and inclusion, you know. And so I've seen him grow so much, especially from being a father 
to girls. And it's been beautiful to watch his his sort of uh, metamorphosis in that way. Isn't it funny how they change? Yeah, it's well, kind of sexy. Too. We do too. Oh, absolutely. Oh, 100%. <laughs> absolutely. As I rub the couch. <laughs> now, you, you're, you guys are living here now. Would Do you think that you will end up raising your children here? Um, it's interesting. So Orange County is, like I said, it's very much like the suburbs of the East Coast where, you know, you kind of, or even in Hamptons or my sister has a place up in Woodstock and it's kind of this, this, this pull to the green, this pull to the better schools, this pull to just having more of a community. Like you're talking about a village. Um, I'm really happy there. Granted, it's a pain in the A to come here sometimes, but again, I kind of like that my work is separate from my family. It's kind of nice to keep that dichotomy. It's a oasis when you go home. It is. Yeah. It is. And and I obviously you get more bang for your buck out there too. I mean, you're getting so much more for sure. Uh, quality of life. And I don't think people realize how congested LA is. Um, it gets more and more so. Like every time I come down to Culver City too, they're just building this area up so so well and it's fantastic. Um, but uh, it is a bit more congested. You know, there's just a lot of traffic out here versus, like I said, with public transportation, it's a bit more easy to get around yeah. New York. But again, I don't think, I, I, I have absolute respect for you guys for having kids in the city. Um, it's really tough. My sister lived down by like West 13th, at right by like sort of the Union Square area. And there was a lot of characters down that way. <laughs> That's right where I live. Is I really? live on 10th and University, so right by Union Square. Oh, yeah. She lived on Jane, and then she moved up a little bit more and, you know, to 13th and sort of that whole area. I mean, it's a really colorful area. Oh, yeah. There's a, there are a lot of really great and cool families there. There's Soho House there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is a bit of a community there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of art, art programs there. She was telling me about how um, there's just so many schools in, in in certain parts of New York, I'm sure is is probably better to raise your family. But I don't know how you guys do it. But there's good and bad everywhere. I mean, you're gonna you're like you you get you get trade offs. You get great things in the city. You get terrible things in the city. You you can you know you you can spread out in the suburbs, but you don't get the cultural influence, which is really lovely about the city. Um, but I am curious because being in LA, I feel like obviously you're you've been here for work. You've been here as a mom. You've been here in so many different phases of your life. You went back to New York and back and forth. Do you feel like um, do you feel like if your kids were interested in the industry, you'd let them go into acting? Do you feel like being in L.A. influences them towards that a little bit? Because everyone I feel like is in the industry. Yeah. What's that like? California as a whole, I think it's much more of a of a commonplace conversation that's happening. Um, My little girl is adorable. Like she's blonde haired, blue eyes. And just got such a great personality. Obviously, I'm biased, but like she, she really she's just perfect. <laughs> by the way, they're she's all saint. perfect. <laughs> um, but uh, but she really does have this this charm about her. So of course, you know, people are having people that always com- say right. right? They're always like, oh, just Wait, like your mom. Do they or- do that as well to you guys? A hundred percent. They're like, oh, Carmen's gonna be an actor or See? actress, and like you know, they do the, the everything. And there's a lot of emotions that come up for yeah. someone who had wasn't a child actor. Uh, for me, it's very complex conversation because I start to give it a shot. I actually entertain it. I'm like, well, who better to guide, you know, my child through this if this was actually something than someone who's been through it? And then I say to myself, okay, but I know what I lacked in my childhood and why it didn't work. So I think I'm weighing the pros and cons even currently of whether that's just makes sense because I'm and it's and it's weird because I feel selfish because I am a working parent I like to think of myself as a working Mm -hmm. parent even if I'm not on like a show consistently I'm a freelance working mom which is this very gray area that I'm sure a lot of people listening to can can relate to it's like you know I don't know if there's in this day and age of you know Etsy shops and and people that are you know finding their way of making a side hustle um, if there's such a thing as a stay-at-home mom because I feel like even your basic, you know, average stay-at-home mom has a joy that, you know, before having children that she can now figure out how to do mobily, um, roundabout way of of just basically saying, I don't know if I can take my daughter to auditions. It's a lot of work. You know, I, I, and I need to be there. Talk about fear-based decisions, like, or anything like that. I do not want her, you know, getting into this business without me being there and guiding her properly. So that is a tremendous amount of time that it would take. I mean, my mom had me, we have four too, and I'm the youngest, and she had to sacrifice her relationships 
in a lot of ways with the other three older ones for me to have this career. And as much as I think I'm grateful, I also think, wow, I think that was a huge risk on her Mm -hmm. end. And it probably a sacrifice that I'm not sure she understood at the time of doing it because she lost out on a lot of years and it's caused some issues with my older siblings you know, over time where they're like, you weren't there for me when I was in high school or you were, you know, and it's also caused issues with me. I was going to say, have you talked to your siblings about that too? I feel like directly, you know, I think like there's definitely going to be, you know, we have dynamics that I don't feel like are the healthiest um, amongst their own issues that they are having that I think might have had something to do with the dynamic being the way that it was. And so now I have two and I just think like, there's a lot more risk than there is reward. So the thing that everybody always says is, oh, but you could pay for their college. Well, you're going to have to pay for their college anyway, right? Like whether it's through loans or whatever it is you're going to do, like you're going to save up. I just don't know if the risk is worth it for me because I am still trying to to uh, hone my career and keep my career I, I just don't know if that's in the cards for right now. But the sad part is, is that when they're young is when they have the least competition. So if they're going to get a mm-hmm. leg up, you want to do it younger. Um, so it's just there's a lot of things to think about. You just got to make the right decision for you. I think, you know, watching watching my kids and being in, you know, a, somewhat of a similar situation where they where my children have a parent actor yeah. and then people project and when people say these things they're all of a sudden they're they're like saying wow you know whichever one of them they definitely are going to be an actor just like their dad you know people want to see that and you know there's been moments where we're like oh well you know should, should we but then in the end I've seen them change I mean your daughter is two and a half right so she's two and a half there's so much of what people are seeing is a two and a half year old and that free spirit and outgoing and all the things that you're doing right as a parent to let her just be herself. And then the moment that they start to become self-conscious, you know, then, or even, even silly things where, you know, this morning Romeo was climbed into Carmen's uh, luggage that still has like clothes that are folded up and she's kind of living out of her suitcase right now because we're only here for a week and started like throwing her clothes out of it. And it was so funny. And then he looks at us and starts laughing. And then he's like doing it even more because he got a reaction. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's interesting at the age when they start to say where like, their gratification oh, comes that from. That makes you laugh. Mm-hmm. That makes me feel good. So I'm going to do it more. Mm-hmm. And I think as kids develop, you know, I, I always wonder, I don't have the answer. Do we allow them to explore this really kind of cool niche world right. that, you know, that the, gives the three them of us are privy to be able to see from the inside. And really it's a, it's an experience to be able to see it. Or do we, protect them from that, pull it away and sort of say, no, 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 we want to make sure. This isn't even an option. Well, Well, I think the real question is, do you nurture something that's inborn in them that they want, that they want to explore? Or are you inadvertently, maybe consciously or not consciously, creating something in them and pushing them towards something? What's authentic? Knowing that it's not all good. Knowing that there are so many great parts of it, but that there are complications and that there are complicating elements for just the time that it involves and the and the influence that of other people around them and the um and and I'm sure the dynamics of feeling like an adult at an age when you're not ready to feel like an adult too. I know we have to end but there's two things that I want to say. Well, number one is on this. I think it's interesting cuz you're kind of the product of what we're talking about. So she was she because right? Yeah, right? interesting. So like Very you are, you know, the the actress that has a little girl who is, you Con- know, contemplating has, getting involved right, in exactly. that. Exactly. I am the wife of an actor who has, you know, four children who people, you know, people make these comments about and sort of you think about. And you are the daughter of a TV personality. That's very interesting. Who, and you have gone down that road and you turned out just fine. <laughs> <laughs> My friends, I, I pay my friends out. to say that. It yeah. work out. That's so interesting. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. I, I and that makes you. I was thinking when I was listening. When I, even when I watch videos of you know like Rafa strumming his guitar, or like Carmen being very dramatic, and like <laughs> and, and I do. You wonder if you wonder where they if these things are genetic. You wonder if these things if they are just born with this natural desire to entertain or this like ability to be a performer and an ability to be at the to have 
people watch them and not be unnerved by that. I think some people are really introverts from the outset and they're like, don't look at me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> like, I just want to be here. Uh, or and, and there's some people for whom it makes them deeply, deeply happy. And like, that's what I'm that's what I'm curious about, too, is I I'm not sure it's a, I don't know what is inborn. Or I think what was inborn for me anyway, what, or what I learned from my parents was curiosity, like really deeply loving to hear people tell their stories and wanting to learn from them and wanting to, um, you know, ask maybe inappropriate questions, but hoping that the intention is to learn. So people are normally pretty game to have honest, candid conversations around that. Um, but you know, and we, we both talk very fast. I don't know. I don't know. But I think it's very interesting because I, I, I also know that as a parent, you know, thinking about my kids and, and where they'll end up one day in their lives and wanting for them to be happy and wanting for them to be fulfilled and wanting for them, knowing that fulfillment comes from hard work, you know, wanting to help foster whatever trajectory that's going to be for them, but also wanting to protect them from, um, you know, inevitable heartbreak and, and just, yeah. And rejection and, and, and also knowing that nothing's like media is this weird game of hurry up and wait. Like you have to be in the right place at the right time with the right experience and the right skill set and happen to be whatever the producers are looking for. And even then it's like a one in 50 chance that there's even an opportunity there. And I, I just, you know, it's always tricky to me, this idea that the, that the, um, you know, that, that, you want to give them you want to give them a path to success and it feels like an unpredictable one to me because it's so it arbitrary all, it all is and that was the other point that I wanted to make is that you know my my um I I have a a friend who I'm I'm not going to say his name but he's a very uh famous singer and he is a father and he is making certain choices in his life that where his children are growing up very differently than the average child. And I had this conversation with him of like, how much are we supposed to raise our kids and try to really, because re I'll see some, some, you know, people in the public eye, the celebrities, you know, they will sort of say, okay, we're just going to completely never speak about it at home. You'll never like, they won't even know and that, that their mom or dad or both or whatever are famous. And he said, look, the most important thing in creating grounded children is that we accept reality. I am their dad and that is their reality. And so my job is to say, hey, I like who I am. I like what I do. I'm passionate. Come with me on this like, you know, crazy journey life that I'm doing. And and it's all okay because kind of normalizing it, you know, not making – because the kids are going to figure it out eventually. You know what I mean? And so to kind of just like allow the experiences to come and talk about it along the way. You know, and I think any parent now, whether, you know, famous or not famous, has this social media, oh, you yeah. know, thing coming in where everybody's a celebrity. Yeah. You've got 20 followers. you got those 20 people. You are a celebrity to those 20 people. And you can take a photo and a little selfie. And people are going to be like, <laughs> wow, look at her eye makeup today or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, everybody has that you know, feeling of being in front of an audience now. And I, I think that... Oh, yeah. I mean, kids are in front of cameras constantly because yeah. they're... You, I can you, say it to you me, be, don't take my picture you all the time. videos like, to your grandmother, you know, but it's it's people... Kids are used to being documented. They're used to people being interested in them in a way that feels perhaps more intrusive than it ever has done. But you're reminding me actually this morning when I was coming here, Philomena was, Philomena was like, when are you going to have a kids episode? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, she really wants oh to God, come. I'm going to be so funny. They would okay, be funny. But would I be asked amazing. her, I was like, what yeah. questions would we ask you? And she yes. was like, I have a lot to say. <laughs> well, how the two of them could like, be no, Carmen and Selena could run this show. That would actually be really funny. We should go in the interviewie chairs and, and let them us. ask the questions. Yeah. That's genius. <laughs> yes. So you have a new show launching on your YouTube channel where you're going to be cooking with 90s and 2000s stars, which I love. The new YouTube show is called Christie's Kitchen Throwback. So go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Where'd, where'd, I mean, obviously, I love to cook. Where'd your passion for cooking start? Has it always been a thing for you? Um, um, I think it started um, when I got serious with my husband. <laughs> I uh, I was recently on Hallmark Home and Family, and I did something for Valentine's Day. It was called my love pasta, and it was literally just kitchen sink pasta of what my you know very single bachelor now husband had in his like you know pantry at Columbia. And again, we met in a um, 
in a screenwriting class, and he ended up becoming a screenwriter, going to AFI, um, and he's he's stellar talented. But like, I just wanted to impress him and made this like random pasta. And then as we <clears throat> started to get more serious, I started to try to make more food to impress him. You know, basically just you know trying to hook a guy. It's That's totally kind of legitimate incentive. Example, I'm I'm so down with this. <laughs> <laughs> real real feminist, you know. Put on your apron, honey. Get that ring. Um, but uh, but I think that's ultimately why I wanted to impress him. And, and every time he would eat something and tell me it tasted good, I was like, this is amazing. Like, what power he I have over me. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Nothing feels so good as putting a home cooked meal down in front of someone be, and then being like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten or or them just appreciating it. You feel like such a goddess. It's amazing. When they brag about your when cooking. they brag about your yes. cooking. My husband talks about my gazpacho and my paella to like everyone. <laughs> I need to eat these things, by I the know. way. Well, yeah, You're just the way she I'm said ready. it was so tasty. I know. All of a sudden, Gatpacho. Gatpacho. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready. <laughs> um, so I decided that it would be really fun, like we were talking about, sort of having control over your own brand, having, you know, with influence in, in social media and having connection to your community, um, having this really fun idea of Christie's Throwback Kitchen. Because actually, it's let me repeat that. So it's uh, a really fun idea of Christie's Kitchen Throwback. And essentially, it's, you know, having my guests come on, people that uh, other people are nostalgic for and seeing us interact, talk about anecdotes from when we shot together. Um, and it's it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. Um, the things we're making are maybe ingredient or recipes that are from shows that we did. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of different. That's a great idea. I don't think that there's... YouTube hasn't really locked into the nostalgic space yet. There's not a channel. There's not one particular celebrity that's like, hey, I'm going to, you know, embrace and lean into this nostalgic thing. Um, but it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that people feel comfortable in in that, especially in this day and age of it being so sort of like chaotic. And there's a lot of people polarized on a lot of different issues. And so it's just one of those things where I it's think it's comforting. Get back to the warm, fuzzy feeling. Which is where the kitchen always comes in. Exactly. Good. Well, congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you, guys. Favorite thing? Yeah. Ooh. What's your favorite thing? Okay. Besides the hair extensions, um, <laughs> which was a great favorite thing. I think number one, especially because I'm about to use this when I go back in the car, is uh, this is amazing. So, you know, there's the willow pump. That's, yeah. That's like a pump. And and that was new for me. No, this is called, guys, the Haka. H-A-A-K-A-A. It is a plastic pump that you literally can put on. And it just uses air to suck out any of your oversupply or even if you're just trying to get it started or if you're trying to, you know, you're in between. Um, It's amazing. But it's like a hand expeller? like Yeah, I guess it's a hand. You don't have to pump it manually. It's just suction. And it stays on your breast. The willow is like that, right? No, the willow is like an actual pump, a medical grade pump in in a portable device that you can put on or in your bra yeah and it it makes the noise so what's the what what okay why would you want to have both i might even have it in my bag um that one is great because like i don't have to worry about putting the button setting in the bag literally it collects in the plastic part on the bottom and i can pour it into bags and i can store it so it's like a milk saver. So you it's put a, it there and you can just like live on it. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's a milk saver. It's a milk saver. It's a milk saver, but with suction. Milk saver. I don't think that they most just, milk savers have suction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. You might want to look it up. I will Crazy. for the You next might want to look one. it up. Crazy. Yeah. On top of pumping... <laughs> 1200 times oh, yeah. a day can i just I ask you yeah. right before we end this is necessary cal so how do you deal with that many um like changes in, in do you just have a ton of um uh t- the not parts? the tubing yes okay so this is what i do so i at the very beginning once the baby's born and you're trying to get the milk to come in and you just have like the classroom i have the the pumps you know all set up i use medela yep um and i have like the whole thing set up and um i will pump for three minutes because the Medela thing is set up it goes and as soon as it goes and starts to go slow down for when they would have the letdown Mm -hmm. yeah Um, I just stop 
So at the beginning, oh, you stop like, before the letdown. You just get the as little like. Well, because I'm I don't want to hurt my breasts. I don't want to hurt my nipples. So then I take it off, and then eventually your body is used to the stimulation that the milk comes in really like I get a letdown right away, basically. That's awesome because I've trained my body, but it's training. You know what I mean? People are like, oh, you're just built differently. I'm like, okay, well, some of it is how you're built, and some of it is your what you do. Right. I always pump before I feed. Always, just um, the just the stimulation part, not the actual suction. No, it'll part. come. Out, I'll get a full letdown after I do that for a few days. Then I every single time the baby wants to feed, or every basically every hour, I'll pump for just three minutes. Um, I don't. And even then know. I put it, but it's just three minutes. I prefer to do three minutes than to sit there for like thirty minutes. Yeah. you know right. what I mean. But then you do so. You, once you do that, then the baby will clean? actually get no. A she second, puts her no, equipment in the I refrigerator. Put them in the refrigerator, and then I'll take the top out and I'll put it on a new bottle. And then I put it in. Oh, because that's the way Medela has their yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's a top, so, you can so it's keep... separate. And then I'll wash it once a day. You'll wash the... The, the, the parts, all the yeah. parts once a day. I'll okay. put it, once I collect five ounces, I put it into the freezer okay, in perfect. a little bag. This is good for me to know because yeah. I'm going to try to have whole, to transition. Yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole system. And then, I'll, and, and then I feed him afterwards. And so basically I'm tricking my body to think that I have twins. Okay. Because then the baby can always get a letdown because your body responds differently to your baby than it does to the pumps. Correct. So people yeah. like, oh, well, like your baby's going to get frustrated. I'm like, yeah, you know what? They're going to get frustrated. They're going to suck more. And then your body is going to start producing more milk. Right. That's so true. that's how it works. You're a genius. Well, I figured out by three. Number three. Like, I'll but it's out really Leo. clever. It's really clever. The first clever. one, the second one, I wasn't, I started figuring out a little bit with Rafa and then by Leo, I like figured it out and Romeo was like, System. Guys, please do a book because you guys know what you're talking about in so many different ways. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Just do know some awesome because about. there's a lot of things that people aren't talking about, like stuff like this. Like you know, you're you're handed a, a little manual pump. I guess that's what insurance covers these days, which is sad. Um, but then it's it's like one of those things where it's like there's so many great areas that you guys are covering on the podcast, and so I just love the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you, you so thank much you for coming, and thank you for dealing with our like wild silly. Yay! I love you. I'll be listening <laughs> oh like gosh, all no, the time. Thank you so thank much. You. I know it's hard with a newborn. Mom, boy. That was Christy. I, I, she made us laugh so much. Anytime we come into Mom Brain, I am always so grateful for our mom community. And you know, and in this podcast, we talked about how big the mom community is becoming. That whole idea of the tribe, and that Mom Brain really is a tribe. So all of you guys who are listening, we're all learning from each other. We read the emails that that you guys send us. We read the comments on Instagram, um, and. We learn so much from you guys as you do from us as we as you do from the guests that that come on the show. And I think that that's really kind of special and a beautiful thing that, you know, social media and these podcasts have have brought to our lives. Absolutely. And I I think it's an amazing way to find your tribe, to find people who are going through a similar life experience or or who you think are maybe like doing it a little bit differently or better or or, you know, that you want to learn from. I I learned so much um, from our mom community. And I really appreciated Christy talking about the sort of the, the the brain process she has of you know whether she's going to allow her child to pursue a path that she had I always think it's interesting our you know our whole lives inform how we turn out and in you know indisputably she's had an incredible life she's she you know as a young kid had you know success and then going through you know going through all the shows that she does for she's done for Disney has had this incredible ride of acting and and in some ways you want to share that with your you would think you'd want to share that with your kid and share that all like the wonderful side of that with your children but on the other there's there's obvious conflict there as well um and I thought she was really honest and open about that and I um you know we have young kids we don't spend a lot of time thinking or talking about their lives post adolescence but hopefully what we're doing today is laying the groundwork for really stable well-adjusted confident happy children down the run and down the line and I think um, you know this was one of our one of our conversations around how to make how to make sense of that and how to bring our own experiences into the future of our kids and and what their careers and and professional lives are going to look like and I thought that was really a, a nice thing for her to share. Now it's time for our 
our favorite things. Yes! And now it's time for our favorite things. Um, so my favorite thing this week is a clothing company for little kids called Masala Baby. Um, I love it. I think, you know, somebody asked me what, in in line at a little juice place yesterday what, what kind of dress Carmen was wearing, and it's Masala. And I just think they have, like, the cutest little clothes. They're very, um, it's a very thoughtful company. They do a lot of charity work. They do a lot of things with, you know, sustainable um, products. And they're just really cute. So you should check them out. I have a lot of their stuff too. And I do. I think that they're different looking. They're kind of, they're like very colorful and fun, but, um, but also the most importantly, just breathable fabric, yes. especially down in Florida. I was using them and all the, the kids, time. And the kids love it. Kids it's love like, it. it's not, it, they're beautiful things that, uh, that appeal to kids. Cause eventually what we want to put them in and what they want to wear are two completely different things. Completely. But I find that Carmen gets very excited to wear their dresses and they've got swimwear too. They did send us some of their swimwear, actually, and it's really, it's hilarious because it's like got, you know, look, gold lame, yeah. uh, you know, rimming. It's very, it's very chic, very Vegas. <laughs> I like it. Um, you know, you guys had a lot of questions about what probiotic I take after I talked on a previous episode about um having been given a lot of antibiotics during my birth with Domenica and then, uh, you know, feeling like I was going through some kind of postpartum anxiety afterwards and taking a big course of probiotics and maintaining that for a couple of weeks and literally within a day having a complete reversal of my symptoms and a complete feeling of just like that I was coming back into myself a little bit. And I don't have one uh, brand that I'm loyal to with probiotics, especially because I try to take as many of them as possible with my food. So like I'll eat fermented foods like uh, kefir, uh, properly fermented sauerkraut. Um, My favorite thing this week is going to be farmhouse culture, garlic dill pickle kraut. It's organic. It's rich in probiotics. It's live fermented kraut. You get in this little bag in the refrigerated section of the health food store or hopefully most supermarkets by now. But um, but anyway, I get a lot of my probiotics from actual food sources like yogurts, etc. But um, for uh, I took the Metagenics Ultraflora um, probiotic for after giving birth and I've stayed with it. And actually, my husband takes it now, too. Um, And, you know, it's just a one a day cap. But I took a couple I took a couple extra capsules those first few days and it made a big difference. And, um, you know, I'm not again, like I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. So I'm not saying this as a blanket statement for everyone. I always think you should check with your doctor beforehand. But it's something that really made a big difference for me um, and helped just to give that boost to the foods that I that I already eat to try to keep my gut flora populated with healthy, good stuff. Um, it's one thing I have to get better at. You know, it's the one thing I say I feel like everyone would benefit from because if you're if your gut floor is in a good place, if you're if you have a healthy gut, you're better able to absorb nutrition from everything. Um, and if your uh, gut is not in a good place, you can be eating the healthiest diet in the world and not really absorbing anything good from you. you from it. Exactly, it just passes through you. Um, and I find it's better for toxin elimination. It's better for digestion. It's better for nutrient absorption. Um, I was talking about skin health the other day, and and someone asked, you know, what do I do to take care of my skin? And the first thing I do is I don't strip it with a lot of stuff. Like I really use a lot of I use coconut oil to take my makeup off. I use oil-based cleansers. Um, I really don't tax it very much. And the less I do, the better it feels. And a lot of that's because I, I really spend a lot of time thinking about the food basis for healthy skin. So that's tons of water, trying to stay away, stay away from acidifying foods like sugar and red meat and caffeine and alcohol, which is hard, but it's, you know, it's not saying you can never have it. It's just saying these are things that create an acidic, acidic environment in the body, which is the perfect breeding ground for disease and overstress. Um, and uh, and lots of water, and then you know, having a good time and splurging sometimes. And splurging sometimes, but yeah, probiotics and try the still pickle kraut because and it's know, not just my pregnant lady self telling you this; it's really <laughs> yeah, <right>? delicious. <laughs> the pregnant lady is telling you to go eat dill pickles. They also have a kimchi version. They have a caraway no, version. But how much like of that, that do you actually have to eat in order to have it count? You can have. I mean, look, there's no, there's no. Um, like recommended dosage. It's really, you know, what do you like? I mean, you can add half a cup into an arugula salad. You can, I mean, I eat straight out of the bag, like big no, bite What I'm saying is like, people say you should take a daily probiotic. Oh, how many now, like billion you, strains? Exactly. How many pickles do you have to <laughs> eat? <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, that's a, that's a really interesting, I don't equate them back and forth. But the, what you do want to make sure of is that whatever probiotic you're getting, what they're advertising as the quote unquote live strains right. are live strains as measured 
measured at the expiration date because a lot of companies will lie, well, not even lie. They're just there. It's kind of like dishonesty by, by omission right. where they'll tell you what the concentration was when they packaged it, but it goes away very quickly. These are live organisms. So if they don't preserve it properly, and that's what always away. makes me interested because it's like, what about these like things where they're like chewable cap? Yeah. Like, I don't know about kids. those. I, again, I'm not, a, I don't make vitamins. I don't know. I don't know how to vouch for those, but I, what I will say is for me personally, I, I really only trust the ones that are refrigerated because at least then you know that the strains are in like some kind of, you know, emulsion that's helping to keep them alive. Um, so I like I like BioK Plus, um, which is like what a do you for, do for the kids. They 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 like BioK Plus because they can do they do a fermented rice one that's kind of sweeter that you to, like there's a berry flavored one that they like. Um, I do. I mean, for them, I I make them eat a lot of like weird stuff. Um, but I also <laughs> but I also you know oh that's okay so. There's this other thing that I ordered. I just ordered it so I can pull it up in my order history. Go into my Amazon account. It's called, it's a spray. And again, a probiotic spray. Yeah. And I can't, again, like I don't make this stuff and, and I can't vouch for like, it's not like, it's not the kind of thing where you're going to see, you know, the next day this happens, except for as my experience was, was with, with the postpartum anxiety. But, um, there's this thing called baby biotics and it's a spray, a spray probiotic that you can just spray on their skin. I find it's really great for diaper rash because it helps Mm. with yeast. It helps with like any imbalance of, of any of sort of the flora going on there and bacteria. So I, I use it for diaper rash. I use it. Sometimes I'll just like spray it on their like chest just to give a little to their skin. Um, but but yeah, that really, I really like that. I'm going to have to write all those things down. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Watch us on YouTube. Follow us on MomBrain at, um, on Instagram. And, um, and email us, mombrainpod at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Until next time. We're going to eat some Mexican food. Mm -hmm. Bye, guys. Come on, Cal. Let me eat some Mexican food. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Mom Brain is a Gallery Media Group original production.